absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. I am currently on take three of this episode, and the energy is draining, but let's see if we can get it back because we've got the 2021 golf season in our laps. It starts today, Thursday, September 10th, 2020. Here we go. So the 2021 PGA Tour season kicks off right after the Tour Championship, four days later, and we've got the Safeway Open. All right, Silverado Resort and Spa, the North Course, the tournament that my man Brennan Steele completely owns, runs, and devours every single year. So that's who I'm running with, Brennan Steele. If you tell me anyone else other than Brennan Steele is going to win, I'm going to tell you you're a fool. Vegas, you're a fool. Vegas has installed Phil Mickelson as the odds-on betting favorite after he went out and beat a bunch of old men in the middle of Missouri. To Phil's own credit, he basically says, all I did was come out here, outlast these old dudes, and win 400K. That is a good life. Phil, good on you. Um, right now we've got West coast golf going on. Okay. We're obviously out in the Napa region out there. Johnny Miller's probably, you know, head over heels, you know, eight bottles deep. But one of the biggest stories, not only is it the 2021 opening tournaments, opening day for golf, but it's this smoke and this ash that's descending on the course out there. That's giving this crazy orange glow. Guys are showing on Instagram their ball rolling across the dew in the mornings and picking up ash on the greens. Visibility is so bad that guys were left to practice under the lights on the driving range, the chipping greens, the putting greens in the middle of the day. So safety is an enormous concern because of just this eerie darkness and all this thick smoke that's blanketing the region there. Um, obviously, we can't talk about all this with without talking about the people that are actually affected by it out in California. So all of our love and support to the people that are going through, you know, real tough times right now. Because let's be honest, if your house burns down, you lose everything you had, uh, the PGA Tour is completely and utterly irrelevant. And believe me, I, I, I understand that. I know that. But as a golf podcast, you know, we'll, we'll continue on and uh, hope for the best for all the people out there. The wind is going to play a big factor in this tournament. Which way it blows, uh, that's going to depend upon where the fires are and obviously how much smoke and how much ash is being delivered onto the course. And, and honestly, don't be surprised if at some point you hear the horns blaring, not because of thunder, lightning, or, you know, floods and rain, but for the fact that these guys can't even see far enough and the officials can't even see where the ball is. It's kind of like in San Francisco when they have the fog delays. You know, you might have smoke and, and hazardous debris delays going on during the Safeway Open. Uh, but with all that being said, my pick is my man, Brennan Steele. Pick up another wine barrel, add it to the victory total, and jump on and have another podcast with us. Sticking with the trend of staying out west, the LPGA ANA Inspiration Major Championship is being held out in Rancho Mirage, California. They're at Mission Hills Country Club Dinosaur Tournament Course. And we all know this tournament because that's the one where the winner jumps into Poppy's Pond. Usually the woman 
their caddy, family members, et cetera, et cetera, whoever can fit into Poppy's Pond. And they're going to need it. Temperatures are supposed to reach 113 degrees on Sunday. You heard me. One, one, three. It is going to be awful out there. The caddies this week are already given the option to use push carts and carts. The LPGA is considering letting the competitors use push carts. And uh, one of the things that's crazy is the fact that this course has just recently removed about 100 trees. So, so long shade, uh, so long any protection from this sun, the date change is obviously influencing this enormous heat that is going to occur at the tournament. It is going to be so tough. Lydia Ko said the other day, she says, look, it's going to be hell. But the bottom line is, we're all playing in it. And it's kind of that mindset that Jack and Tom Watson used to have when they went over to the Open Championship. You can't play in the rain. You can't play in the wind. You can't move your ball left to right. You're scared of being cold. And they've already beaten them. They've beaten them before they've even stepped down on the course. So good for Lydia Ko for having that little bulldog mentality. I really like that out there being a tough mutter and not always having to have perfect, you know, 75, 80 degree days with no wind. Uh, it says a lot about her as an individual. So Mission Hills is going to have um, Bermuda grass instead of that usual overseeded rye because we are in September and Bermuda is obviously a lot more heat tolerant. Uh, Jim Young, Jin Young Ko, excuse me, decided not to play uh, world number one in defending ANA champ. She's not playing because of the COVID-19 concerns. Can't really blame her. Uh, there's a lot going on with this tournament. Charlie Hull, she was ranked 28 in the Rolex Cup rankings, or Rolex rankings, excuse me. I get that in the FedEx Cup confused. Everyone's throwing these uh, companies that are throwing tons of money at golfers in my head. Uh, she's got to withdraw because of testing positive for COVID-19. Um, I'm looking at MB Park. Looking at MB Park, number eight in the world, won the ANA in 2013, owns five other top ten finishes in the event. Perpetual great player, perpetual ANA top tens. And uh that's who I'm that's who I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with her. There's a lot of uh, a lot of amateurs playing this week. Ton of collegians that that always get in is is kind of the dinosaur, um, the old dinosaur, now the ANA inspiration uh we've got arizona states olivia mahaffey uh texas caitlin papp wake forest amelia migliasio and stanford's angela yay um gabby ruffles from usc is playing she almost successfully defended her u.s women's open a uh, u.s women's amateur title excuse me pr- probably pretty soon to be a u.s women's open champ honestly uh ruffles she's uh she lost to Rosang in that um, that women's AM title match last month, and uh, almost went back to back. Rosang, Rosang, excuse me, also a Stanford commit, and I would say as far as amateurs go, Gabby Ruffle is probably the most polished one out there and ready to go pro. So she is going to be my pick for low AM as well as NB Park for top pro and winner of the LPGA Inspiration. So NB, get your bathing suit ready. Get ready to dip in, cool off a little bit. Now, also, sticking with the LPJ, I want to give all of my love, a big leave-the-pin hug, love, wellness, everything that is positive in life to Pete and my favorite, Mr. Pete, that is, I should say, and my favorite LPJ player of all time, Miss Jane Park. Congratulations on the birth of their new adorable, absolutely adorable, beautiful little baby girl. 
Uh, kid, you literally have won the parent lottery. Congratulations to you. Putting green bully and SI swimsuit model, Brooks Kepka has withdrawn from the U.S. Open. This might be news to many of you, but not to me. I called it months ago that I don't think his knee was going to heal. Even though he had stem cell treatment on it, he re-injured the same knee in South Korea in October. He withdrew from the uh, Wyndham. He missed the cut there. And then, sorry, I mean, he uh, missed the cut at the Wyndham and then withdrew from the Northern Trust ahead of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, All these nagging injuries obviously led him to, you know, what most would consider a disappointing year for him. The man won the U.S. Open in 2017 and 2018. Would have won it three times in a row, except for Gary Woodland taking him down at Pebble last year for him to finish second. Now, look, I've been a big proponent of Brooksy. I love the way he plays. I love the mind games that he plays. But the bottom line is those mind games only work when you can back them up. And if you can't because you're injured, then you can't keep talking the same way without putting out the results that he has. And unfortunately, he is now going to be unable to back up that talk. Uh, He said he had to withdraw from the U.S. Open. I'm looking forward to getting healthy and competing at 100% very soon again. We will see when that is. If you look at the calendar, we've got the Masters in mid-November. So November 12th, which means he kind of needs to start prepping around Halloween time. Give him two, two and a half weeks or so to the Masters. Is he ready by then? I don't know. I'm not really sure. I don't know how bad the knee is. I said a while back that I think the knee's a lot worse than he was letting on. And I think a lot of guys do this. You know, it's one of those things where the male ego gets in the way and you've been so dominant in a sport for so long and you feel like I can just grin and bear it and go through it and get out there and get it done. And uh, he said, look, I know how to do it. I can do it. I just physically can't do it. So very frustrating with any type of injury for any type of athlete because, I mean, let's be honest, you are so used to playing a certain way and you're so used to to putting certain scores on the board. You know exactly what your body should be doing, but your body physically just does not let you do it. And, uh, I mean, there's nothing more debilitating to the mind than your body not allowing you to do what you want to do. Now, if there's anybody that's strong enough mentally to do it, it's Brooksy. But um, I don't see him getting back to, you know, the man who dominated the PGA and the U.S. Opens in the last few years. But uh, that's just me. And again, what the hell do I know? I'm an idiot. But if you believe and you've listened to what we've said in the podcast about his swing and the amount of torque that it puts on his body and the extra weight that he carries here and there when he's not dieting down for the SI swimsuit issue or the body issue, whatever it was, I mean, it's one of those things where, look, how long is the swing going to hold up? How long is the body going to last? And, and what do you want? Do you want a meddling career where you play 15 to 20 years and you win once or twice? Or do you want to burn out? You know, do you want to be a supernova? Do you want to take over the globe? Do you want to take over the world and be the absolute spotlight of the golf world for three to four years and then burn out? Is it better to burn out than to fade away? You know, is it better to go out on top like Barry Sanders? You know, or do you keep middling away with the Arizona Cardinals like Emmett Smith? I don't know. I don't know. That's all up to the individual athlete. And uh, Brooksy thinks he's got a pretty good hold on it, so we'll see. But what we won't see is Brooksy at the U.S. Open at Wingfoot coming up. 
The PGA of America has announced its player of the year. And drumroll, please, it is not Dustin Johnson. Look, I'm not the biggest fan of Dustin Johnson. I think I've been perfectly clear and uh, kind of see-through on the podcast about that. But for DJ not to win the PGA Player of the Year is absolutely insane. Now, mind you, let's get the distinctions right. The PGA of America is a different entity than the PGA Tour. So if DJ doesn't win the PGA Tour Player of the Year, riots in the streets, okay? Burn down Ponte Vedra. Take out the 17th green. Blow it up because there's no one more deserving than him. Instead, Justin Thomas took home the award. Uh, the second PGA Player of the Year award after his, uh, of his career. He uh, first won it in 2017. Remember that is his breakthrough season. Um, if you were to poll any PGA Class A teaching professional, if you were to poll any apprentice to a PGA Class A teaching professional, I think every single one of them would take DJ's season over Justin Thomas's season. If you took JT's season instead, I think you're an idiot. That's the bottom line. DJ is the world number one, yet he did not even break the top four in the PGA of America standings. Absolutely insane. So the PGA of America, what they do is they do it on a point system. You get 10 points for a win, 30 points for winning a major. And JT won such illustrious events as the CJ Cup in October. Uh, remember, Golf Club of Nine Bridges, there's only eight bridges on the course, but the ninth one is to ascend to the heavens. Then he won the Tournament of Champions, which is a very slim field, but the argument is, well, DJ won the Tour Championship. Yes, but DJ won the Tour Championship of guys that have advanced, advanced to the Tour Championship, playing great golf over the course of three weeks, so any of those guys could have won if it was not for the PGA Tour's net system and giving DJ a two-stroke lead. At the Tournament of Champions, yes, you have guys that won last year, but some of those guys are so far past their peak, and some of those guys are such one-hit wonders that they get out to Hawaii, and they can't play worth a damn out there. So there's literally like 8 to 10 guys that you've got to beat at the Tournament of Champions. I mean, granted, DJ did get a two-stroke lead, but you got to hold off Rom, JT, Xander Shoffley, I mean, all the, Patrick Reed, you know, DeChambeau, all these guys that are that are up there and, and playing great golf at, at the same time. Um, you get points for topping the money list, which JT won, and then you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Dan. DJ just won about 17.5 mil over the course of the last three weeks. Yes, I understand, but please realize that all FedEx Cup money is not official, and it is just bonus money. Believe me, there's no difference between official and bonus money when you start looking at your bank account. But when you're piecing it together for PGA of America, Player of the Year honors, then, you know, obviously that comes into account. John Rahm finished second, Colin Morikawa at third, and Webb Simpson at fourth in the PGA of America Player of the Year rankings. We understand that he will probably win the PGA Tour Player of the Year, which the players vote on. Because when you win the first playoff event, when you finish second in a playoff, in the second playoff event, and then you go out and win the Tour Championship, and you win the FedEx Cup playoffs entirely, and are the FedEx Cup champ, 
Well, people, it's kind of hard to argue that DJ did not have the best year out of any of us. Now, finally moving on, finishing off the episode with news that is of utmost importance to me. It is the USGA and Pinehurst collaborating for a second USGA house, a second USGA facility, an anchor U.S. Open site. Think about that for a second. Anchor U.S. Open site. It looks like the USGA, in conjunction with the village of Pinehurst, they've teamed up to basically say, world, we are going to go on an active rota, and we are going to use Pinehurst as our flagship facility. People can make the argument that Beth, uh, sorry, that Pebble might be a better example or might be a better course for it, but let's be honest. In terms of pure golf, does it get better than Pinehurst? I mean, you might be able to tell me Bandon. I would take that into account. You could tell me Pebble, but think about accessibility. It's very easy to get to Pinehurst. It's not easy to get to Bandon. It's actually hard as hell to get to Bandon. Pebble, eh, it's got its downfalls. It's 17-mile drive, private road, tough to get in and out a little bit. Very expensive housing for not only the players, but the media and the fans. It's West Coast. Very difficult for everyone on the East to get out there. And I understand that Pinehurst in the Southeast, I get it. I get it. But population centers, population centers in the Northeast, right? I think the USGA is onto something. I think we're onto something big, and I absolutely love it. Now, people have DM'd me. Damn, what about the USGA headquarters in Liberty Corner? What about Far Hills? What about the USGA house? What about it? Don't worry about it. Hillary Kronheim's got that on lock. She's got the museum on lock out there. Okay, it's great. They got the testing facility they just put in. They've got the museum. They have the USGA house. They have uh, the putting green in the back. We're good. We're good in the Northeast. We need something in the South. Where else are you going to put up a Pinehurst? Look, am I biased? Of course I am biased. Right? I'm biased to all of the South. I'm biased completely to Pinehurst. Probably one of my favorite places on Earth. Okay? We've got great people out there. Unbelievable. Like Alex Podliger of Pinehurst who runs all their social media channels, who's done nothing but great things for this podcast. Um, we got Nikki over at Talamore. You people know this. You remember the, the Pinehurst trip with everyone we took down there. But I'm telling you, if you've never been, then maybe this gives you even more of a reason to get to Pinehurst. USGA CEO Mike Davis shared that the organization expects to break ground on two new buildings near the main Pinehurst Clubhouse in 2022 and complete that construction in 2023. Then the U.S. Open on number two in 2024. I mean, you're talking about what a boom for North Carolina, Moore County, and the village of Pinehurst down there over the next five years. The only, the only thing that I might be a little bit sad about is the fact that this amazing quaint village might bring in too many tourists and i've seen it to places that i love across the country happen over the last you know 20 years or so where 
It's a niche place. You love going there. You feel like only you know about it. And then it kind of blows up. And then everybody knows about it. And it loses a little bit of that quirk, a little bit of that charm. And part of me worries about that. But knowing the USGA and what what stewards of the game they are, knowing some of the people throughout the USGA, like like Jason Gore and Janine Driscoll and Hillary Kronheim, who I, who I mentioned before, people that just truly love and embody what this game is. I feel like it's a match made in heaven between them and Pinehurst. And just, just think about all the, the other amazing things that might come from this. Uh, a U.S. Junior Am, U.S. Girls Junior, U.S. Senior Open, a U.S. Am, a U.S. Women's Amateur at, at Pinehurst. And we just had the U.S. Men's Am at Pinehurst two years ago, and it was, you know, it was phenomenal. And they did it on two, and they did it on four. What a complimentary course. What about the USGA four ball being played on number three? You know, with with teams thinking, hey, we're going to rip this course apart because we can hit hybrids and irons off the tee. And then they get to the greens on number three and they realize, oh, my God, we're so overmatched. Uh, there's just there's so much that can be done. And, and, and there's so many housing options around the area from staying at the condos at Pinehurst to staying at one of the old, you know, um, Houses in the historic district to staying out in uh, in West End or Southern Pines and then experiencing some of the other public courses that are out there because there's so much good golf in Pinehurst that is not connected to the resort. And the resort does a great job. But look, the resort's expensive. It's expensive as hell and it's a treat. But you can live in that area. You can visit that area and play great golf and not break the bank. And, and, and that's why it's just such a great golf area in the U.S. So Davis says that that they've already confirmed additional dates, and basically they're going off of like an every six-year plan. So we got 2024, 2029, 2035, 2041, and then 2047 all at Pinehurst. He also stated that in a four-year rotational basis, they would like to go like this. Listen to this, listen to this run. Listen to this rota of U.S. Open courses. Pebble, Pinehurst, Oakmont, Shinnecock. Are you kidding me? Four years for those four courses, and then if you go in a six-year rota, it gives two additional courses the option to be in there, right? You throw in Beth Page, you, you you throw in Aaron Hills, you know, you know maybe we get a U.S. Open and Bandon one day. Maybe maybe they take that. Maybe they go back to Chambers Bay and they they rework it a little bit or something along those lines. But it just it opens so much by putting a new USGA house down in Pinehurst in the epicenter, the home of American golf. And I, for one, could could not be happier because it, it is a place that, as you know, listen to this podcast that I travel to you know, quite frequently, once or twice a year. And I absolutely love it down there. I love the people down there. I'm just enamored with the area. Um, you know, uh, um, imagine a U.S. Open going on, right? And players' families are out playing the short course. Right, they're out playing the par three. They're out playing the cradle. They're they're putting on thistle dew. It's just uh, there's there's just a lot. There's a lot that Pinehurst gets right, people. And uh, if you can make it there, make it there. And your first chance to see the U.S. Open at Pinehurst is going to be 2024. Make a week out of, make it two weeks out of. Visit the USGA USGA house. You know, check out the surrounding areas. It's going to be an absolute blast. Um, I know for a fact that I'll be down there. And maybe we'll meet up, play a few rounds. We've got some people down there that we know. Shout out my man Zane, Bagger, just a bunch of great people 
down from the Pinehurst area. Uh, so look, we're wrapping up. We've got the 2021 season starting today, September 10th, Thursday, 2020, and uh, the Safeway Open starts. So enjoy it. Enjoy the ANA inspiration. Check out who jumps into Poppy's Pond. And as always, either get busy golfing or get busy dying. The game of golf is more than a sport. It's a lifestyle. Blue skies, bright sun, the walk, good friends, and the shots that keep you coming back. That is golf. Iconic vintage classic eagles and arrows didn't create the look they've only perfected it eagles and arrows provides the classic american golf look with a modern spin hats gloves club head covers and my favorite the vintage american carry bag are some of the amazing items you can find at eaglesandarrows.com follow them on instagram at eagles and arrows co it's eagles and arrows company co on instagram love golf live life Eagles and Arrows.